I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. Okay, Sarah. So what do these people have in common? Uh, Cher, Madonna, LeBron, Kobe. One thread through all of them? Because I got Cher and Madonna. <laughs> okay. They <laughs> all go by one name. They're that, they're that oh, iconic. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, because you're trying to put that together. Yes. All right. So on our show today, we have a guest who has actually gotten to the point in the triathlon world where he is known by one name, and that is Taryn. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I've been bugging us, bugging us, bugging myself, trying to get Taryn onto the show and make it happen. I'm really excited to have him on today. Uh, so I met Taryn the first time a few years ago, and he just, was it slide into my DMs, dropped into my DMs? What's the correct term? Slide. I, I, oh, slide I slid. Into my DMs. Slide. Oh, I he slid. <laughs> He's like, hey, I'm going to be in Arizona. Looks like you and Ben are there. Can I hang out for a little bit and play Jenga? And basically I said, Taryn, only knowing that he was in Canada, only if you bring me ketchup chips and Smarties. And he did both of those things. So he will forever be very close to me. Uh, he, he definitely passed the test. We had a good time, but more importantly, he brought my favorite things from Canada. So I am, I am going to interrupt and say, you might not remember this. The first time that we actually, actually met was at Austin, Austin 70.3. We was up before. And that was even before. And and I came up to you and I was like, we're supposed to do a podcast. And you had no idea who I was, rightfully so, because I'd put out like a grand total of, I don't know, a hundred videos. You're one of our very first podcasts. And somebody walked up to us and said, I want to take a picture with you. And I was like, oh, okay. And I grabbed her phone to take a picture of you and her. And she was like, no, I want to take a picture of you. And I was like, oh, that's weird. (laughs) And as we walked away after the picture, you're like, who the hell are you? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, exactly. I didn't expect that either. (laughs) For some reason, I thought that was after you're absolutely right. And I think I just won that race. So it was, it was. Yeah, you were. And yeah, I was like, I knew you were going to be like the favorite for sure. Like you want, no, pretty sure you want to take a picture with Sarah. Like she's probably going to win this. And I'm hoping to finish. Mad respect. That's, that's why when you slid into my DMs the second time around, I'm like, all right, but you're going to, you're going to have to make it up to me. <laughs> yes, yes, I did bring Smarties and the ketchup chips were pretty crushed by the time they got there though. Still still delicious and you can't get them in the US. How, how <laughs> I was you, just going to say I like I lost you guys both at ketchup chips. <laughs> <laughs> like who likes ketchup? You both like ketchup chips? Is that a thing? You don't? You're no. Canadian. What? I don't like ketchup. Well, that's, <laughs> so that's, that's a start. fair. That's fair, but still no ketchup chips. Are you going to yeah. tell me you don't like maple syrup soon? Oh, <laughs> or pickle chips. Yeah. So it's, pickle. it's, I could do dill pickle. Yes. It's more that we just don't, we don't have dill pickle, pickle chips. We don't have ketchup chips. So it's the novelty factor, the very exotic Canadian product. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. The fine cuisine. That's right. Did he bring you some poutine as well? Then you're that like, doesn't you know, travel cold. as well, unfortunately. <laughs> Okay, here's what I think we should do. Sarah, do you, let's let's name some of Taryn's um, accomplishments. In case we have any listeners who don't know, um, maybe we should introduce him properly. Okay. Just a suggestion. So as we, as Taryn has already established, he is big time celebrity in triathlon world. Uh, well, don't get all <laughs> fake humble on me here. So, okay, get if I'm getting this right, after a career in finance, you're like, I want to get fitter. Uh, you picked up this triathlon stuff, started a YouTube channel for fun, and it's just kind of taken off. You do a podcast, you have Team Trainiac, you have all sorts of things going on in the triathlon space. Um, it's now a full-time career. 
It keeps you busy. Keeps you somewhat fit. Is, busy, is this yeah, a fair busy. yeah, busy would be a stretch. I look much busier than I actually am. But yeah, that's right. I started the YouTube channel about uh, almost six years ago. I think in February or April, somewhere around there, it's going to be six years. And it was just a hobby. The entire purpose of it was I thought that if it was really, really successful, I would get some free energy bars. I thought like that would be the tippy top of success, like made it. And we've got lots of energy bars now. And yeah, like it's fortunately, like it's what we do for we, my wife and I, we both do it. We've got a team of people that help us all around the world and just trying to like play for a living essentially. And, and we're pretty close to being able to do that. It is, it is pretty awesome, but it, you, you, you downplay the amount of work. I think it's when I saw you, what was it? A couple years ago and you were trying to crank out a video every day. Yeah. Uh, that seems pretty intense and you've since done, you're now just doing one video a week. Is that correct? It's two. Yeah. Two. I did, okay. Uh, I did one video a day for 27 months, I think. Oddly enough, that was probably easier hmm. because the videos were different. It was just kind of a story of my day and I didn't have to think about what the video needed to be. Um, it was just what I did that day. And as long as I trained, I could come up with something and just, we got pretty good at piecing together a video every day. The thing was we had to edit a video every day, but because we figured out a way to shoot them in a way like uh, that was pretty seamless, I could edit a video in about 17 minutes. Now they're a little bit harder because it's less about the story of my day and just more about topics in triathlon. So I find that actually a little bit harder to do those mm. videos now because I've got to come up with an idea. Um, and you have to do yeah. research. Yeah, there's <laughs> research, there's thinking, there's, there's a lot more than just like, let's talk to the camera for 15 minutes a day and then cut it down to eight. It was it was almost easier to do that. Mm. Now, uh, more importantly, are you on TikTok? Uh, last <laughs> week I signed up for TikTok and I think I follow, I, you'll like this. I follow one account and I think it's the Live Feisty account. Yes. You signed up for TikTok and I didn't notice. Okay. I'm, I, I get, well, have you're to super famous on TikTok. <laughs> I don't expect you to, to notice like, yeah, following one account, Live Feisty Media. <laughs> But I awesome. currently have and a, somehow currently... I have seven followers. Nice. Wow. I've done nothing. Seven. <laughs> I think you're totally suited for TikTok. In fact, I get to give away my TikTok secret. Like there's no good triathlon content there. So the first like folks to go in there and start creating triathlon content, even like basic how-to stuff is going to go bananas if TikTok continues to have growth. So I, yeah, a hundred percent. I've just been lazy and focused on golfing instead of learning a new social media platform. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I also want to tell my, um, my meeting Taryn story and we need to take a little break for our intro, but coming up, we're going to talk about Winnipeg on lockdown, the evolution of triathlon media, media empires, uh, what the tri industry gets wrong in the media and, um, navigating social media in a healthy way after this. Hey, Sarah, have you seen those new form smart swim goggles? You know, the ones that have the display right on the goggle so you can see like in real time how fast you're going and your heart rate and stuff. Yeah, I have seen them and I'm really interested because they just added a an open water feature, which is terrific because you can go from the pool to open water and still be able to have those same metrics as you swim. Yeah, I mean, knowing how fast you're going in open water in real time is um, totally amazing. So I think it's going to revolutionize swim training. Absolutely. And if they add like a, a loon detection device to it, I'm sold. Done. And our regular listeners will know that if we were riding and all things feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. 
Okay. So Taryn, you and I don't have the same history clearly as, as you and Sarah do, but I think, and I, and, and I'm not a hundred percent sure this is the first time that we met quote unquote, but in Kona last year, um, we were driving like, like right up to like one of the hot corners, like where there's a ton of traffic. Right. And we were in the yeah. car and on the side of the car, we have these magnets that say the feisty ride. Um, and Ashley says to me, <laughs> so we don't, we, I, we, she actually didn't call you by one name. She called you by two names, triathlon Taryn. She's like, triathlon Taryn is in the car behind us. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, and then she's like, get out of the car, take the magnet off the side of the car and put it on his car. Right. And the, my first reaction is like, that's a guy I don't know. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, so I'm like, no, Ashley. And then I thought about it for like, you know, one half a second. And then was like, I, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> so I like got yeah. out of the car, pulled the magnet off and like shoved it on your vehicle. Like I ran, to- yeah, you ran back, stuck it on. And then we drove around with it for the rest of the week. That was one of the highlights of the week. Like that is bold. And I like it, <laughs> but we stuck with it for the entire week. That's awesome. It's so random. Like, what were you thinking? Who was in the car with you? What were you thinking? What did you say after like the random, like, cause we had never met, right? Like after this, I knew exactly moment. who you were and, what was going <laughs> like, on, and I was such a supporter of it in the car with me was my wife, Kim, otherwise known as NTK, no triathlon Kim and Melissa, who was our video shooter. And you ran out, stuck it on, ran back in to your car, didn't say anything. And I was like, bravo. I so (laughs) approve of this (laughs) like highlight of the day. And we all got out of the car when we got back to the condo. We're like, well played, feisty crew. Well played. (laughs) And then like throughout the week, I kept getting, because we we often got comments of like, oh, I parked beside you, or I saw you in the parking lot. <laughs> and like for the rest of the week, we got like double the comments about like being, and I'm like, I don't know. I think someone said, oh, you're parked illegally, or you got a ticket or something at one point. And I, Probably, yeah. I don't think that was us. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, there's a good chance that was us. We tend to be a little bit, well, no, I respect the island. But because there's three of us and we can be like, all right, we're just going to park here for like a few seconds. You man the car, do a loop around. Yeah. The logistics of driving in Kona during Kona week is ridiculous. So there are times that the car ends up in places for a few seconds that it probably shouldn't be. I hit a lot of curbs because we, we rent big trucks. Right. I, and I also get a lot of tickets in Kona, but I don't think I did that last week because we learned our lesson. I know for a fact I returned the car with your magnet still on it. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. My my takeaway is that, okay, so there's a healthy amount of respect, you know, between between these different parties, that there is a good sense of humor. You know, nobody's taking themselves too seriously. And also some questionable driving practices. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Those are, those are some connecting factors. <laughs> but I definitely appreciate all those because I think I share them. <laughs> I have a tendency to back into cars, but we're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> Just ask. Ben. I'm going to save that for another day, Sarah. That's like uh, noted. Now, so, so Taryn, this podcast is actually called, if we were writing, Sarah and I have never written together as far as I know. No, we've never written together. Taryn and I have written together. Uh, we did last week uh, on Zwift though. And it sounds like you'll probably be doing quite a bit more Zwifting coming up. Uh, what's, yeah. What's, what's the, what's the story with Winnipeg and uh, the COVID restrictions? We have COVID now. Most of the summer, we literally didn't, like literally no cases or one case. And right up until September, we had a grand total of, I think it was 250 cases cumulative in the entire year. And we still kind of had lockdown, but it was like lockdown in March when everyone thought that this was going to kill everyone in the world. And like people were just self-selecting to lockdown because everyone was scared but now we're in actual lockdown because we've got a total of, I think, 9,000 cases uh, around anywhere from 350 to 500 a day, which I know relative to a lot of places is still pretty good, but we're pretty much maxed out in our intensive care units in the hospitals. 
So our province just yesterday, I think it was, they announced lockdown like 100%. So no, no getting together with people. I don't even think for a run or a ride outside. Um, not allowed to get together with anyone outside of your household. Most things are closed down. I even went for a run this morning by myself, stopped to fill up with gas on the way home. Gas stations are closed. So this is like our first experience with lockdown. Wow. And um, it's bad timing because it's winter now. So mm-hmm. yeah, lots of time in the studio on Zwift. And fortunately, we've got a pool in there and got a lot of, I've got a lot of toys in there that'll keep me busy, but uh, I don't do well with the winter. So I'm not looking forward to this if the isolation keeps up for the entire winter basically yeah or are they are they saying x number of weeks um for the they've committed to a month of full lockdown and and i think because i would suspect that just based on how early essentially we are in the um having covid kind of seen for as far as cities go because our numbers are still so small and really the only way it can go is up Hmm. i think we're in for a long haul of this Hmm. like we're we're kind of where a lot of cities were four months ago five months ago so we are very much on an upswing and i'm not too optimistic like i almost think that it would be safer for us to travel and get out of here if Hmm. um i don't know but yeah well, that's actually yeah. super interesting because that like sounds like Winnipeg's trajectory has been not too dissimilar from here in Victoria. Like we've had, we're not in lockdown now, but it's a good kind of reminder or wake up call. Like I've always said that it's like, just cause we haven't had a huge amount of COVID doesn't mean that we can't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and doesn't mean yeah. like, cause I find a lot of people here and I don't know what it's like in Winnipeg, but um, like a lot of people are kind of too relaxed you know, and getting, yeah. like we, we just had a new, we have a new lockdown in Vancouver, but here on the Island, we're just like, people are getting a little lackadaisical. Um, yeah. and, and it's like, Hey folks, like keep being careful because at any time the, the cases could just start going up. Yeah. Three weeks ago, we had people that would say like, ah, it's not a big deal. And they'd be the, there'd be the Facebook posts of like, does anyone actually know anyone who's had COVID this is ridiculous. Like a lot of disdain for any sort of restrictions. And now people are like, yes, thank you for the restrictions. So it's, it's changed so quickly. Whether, whether it's in my opinion, I'm sure this is going to get political, but I didn't really intend that to be in my opinion, regardless of the prevalence of like what age group you're in or how, the death rate is lower than expected. Like those are all just numbers, but A, there's lots of people dying. B, the hospitals are full. And that's kind of like, all right, respect that people need care and people need to be safe. And if you can make in our case, like simple changes of, all right, well, for a few months, we don't let people come over and we work from home and it's not really going to affect us. I think we have to make those choices changes even though it's hard like respect that people should be able to have a heart attack and go to the er and get care and not not have beds be full and i don't know it's it's a bad scene see i i guess probably none of us really see it as a political thing it's just been interpreted that way like it's public health and that should be in this country it's gotten political i don't know how it is in canada um but it's so fascinating because this is something that affects potentially affects everyone. And the last thing you want is our medical system getting overwhelmed. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've definitely seen it in different parts of the country. Uh, we're starting to see it again, you know, like in the, the Dakotas and the, that's probably why Winnipeg <laughs> got it. Blame the, blame the Americans, the proximity to the border. there. <laughs> oh, sad. We will blame uh, Americans whenever we can. That's just one of our Canadian rules. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I know. Yeah, that's easy. Oh, well, let, let's let's change the subject. Yeah, I, mean, I actually have a, I have a burning question for Taryn. I, yeah. I know we talked about how this isn't an interview and there's no questions, but I do have one. <laughs> 
Um, I like, you know, honestly, Taryn, I'm super impressed by how you've kind of built your media empire and there's not a lot of people who- Yeah, like, likewise. <laughs> Thank you. And like who learned how to use YouTube effectively, for mm. example, in the space, um, who learned how to speak to like that middle. I mean, uh, when I did, used to do the podcast with Kelly O'Mara and, and we used to talk about like that middle ground, like the people who aren't like the total try geek slow twitch type people and not beginners either like that whole group in the middle i i've always felt isn't well served in triathlon um mm -hmm. in terms of media content and you've just done a sort of a really great job of doing that so like my very small question for you is like how did you learn um in terms of like being like who you were before with a a guy with a job and then how did you learn how to build a media empire um stubbornness <laughs> so, uh, I, I get obsessed about things. Like if I'm really, if I'm into something, I'm really into it. Like I could tell you everything about the master's golf tournament right now. And five months ago, I could not be dragged to a driving range. I golfed a lot as a kid, but, and I was really into it then, but I basically gave it up for 15 years. My dad took me to a driving range about five months ago drag me kicking and screaming like I was a toddler like I don't want to go I don't care about golf anymore this is stupid and then it got it hooked its hooks into me and now I'm obsessed about it I'm reading books about it I'm reading blogs about it I'm listening to golf science podcasts and that's just kind of how I approach a lot of things that I get really interested in so with YouTube and social media and online business I just started being obsessed about it. So it wasn't like I took some course that, that um, taught me how to do it. It was just that I started looking at, all right, I put out a video and did it do well or didn't it? And then I do another one. Did that one do well or didn't it? And then I'd start rewatching the videos, seeing if there were things that I did in a few videos that were consistent that weren't featured in the other videos. The one thing that I really figured out early on as I was looking at what worked and what didn't was a couple of things. Well, I said one thing and then a couple of things. Two things that I, I figured out was first look for content that people are searching for, but there aren't any videos to satisfy that search. And I did things like shoe reviews of popular shoes that there were no reviews of yet. So I did a bunch of those and people were searching for it. And I could tell people were searching for it, but the videos didn't exist. So all of a sudden, when people were searching for it, who showed up? And it was me. And then I started applying that to questions that I saw being answered, asked online that there weren't videos to. How to breathe when triathlon swimming. Started doing videos about that. And as I did that more and more, I started noticing that the content that worked best was something that was being searched for, didn't have a lot of videos or content to satisfy that search. And it tended to be in that middle ground, like that beginner, casual weekend warrior triathlete, not the slow twitch crowd, not the people that are looking for podiums, not, not you two who are pros, like looking for VO2 max and, and how to test things. But just like, how do I breathe when, I go swimming in triathlon. Do I need to change in between the swim and the bike? Basic, basic questions that have been ignored for a long time because it's not sexy. It's not, a lot of people looked at it as not interesting, but having come from that background of being that middle ground triathlete, I kind of identified with it. And I knew what those lessons were that I learned over now 12 years of doing triathlon I'm just kind of trying to pass it down now so the what's what's interesting about like a, a platform like YouTube is that especially when you are front and center you are the you are the linchpin in your you know your media production and what what's good or good or bad about what Sarah does is that uh you can be behind she can be behind the scenes you know, she's now having other people do podcasts. She's like, there are other content creators. Um, but that's, I would imagine that what's good and bad is that you have control over what you do. But it, is it also really exhausting to be the face yeah. of your company? 
Yeah. It's, you can't really have an off day. <laughs> uh, or you have yeah, to share it. You have to be vulnerable. I can't have an off year. Yeah. <laughs> and this year is an off year, which, it, it, yeah, it's been, it's been eye-opening. It's an honor. It's an honor mm-hmm. that I am the face that I go to races and people want to take selfies with me and people know the names of our dogs and they, they know what I'm struggling with and they kind of know what my goals are in a race before I even met them. That's super, super cool. Like I'd never thought that would happen in my life. And it's a real honor to be a part of other people's journeys in a real personal way where like I am small or large or whatever it is, I'm a part of their journey. And I, I, yeah, that's tremendously important to me. It's very cool. At the same time, in a year like now, where I came off of last season not being very healthy, and it was basically three years of hard training that's finally caught up to me, here I am with this public persona being triathlon Terran, and I can't do triathlon right now. Even Mm -hmm. if races were around, it wouldn't be super healthy for me to race. And that's, that's a tough thing, because here I am gaining weight and getting slower and not racing and losing motivation really publicly. Hmm. And the alternative is I go and find a job again, which sounds like disgusting, or I bear my soul and share my test results about why I'm not training and take my shirt off and show that I've gained like 20 pounds. And yeah, it kind of sucks. Like it's not, it's not super fun. Um, and it kind of comes with the territory. Yeah. Um, the hardest part of it all looking in the future is that it's kind of reliant on me at the moment, person putting out personal bests and always, always burying myself for that next big goal that I feel like that's what motivates people. And that's not healthy. Like mentally, that's not healthy. Physically, that's not healthy. And that can't continue and trying to figure out like what that means to me long-term is that that's been tough this year to figure out like, how do I, how do I still motivate people when I'm not the guy that is always putting out personal bests? And I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. 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 Do you, are you in contact with other creators? Cause I know creator burnout is a pretty massive issue is that, you know, people, they put everything out there and, you know, you, you can't, you feel this pressure that you can't be off. Uh, and it, for some, for some influencers, it really catches up. Um, I don't know if you have people you can, who you talk to in the space. Uh, um, a little bit more than anything. I'm, I've, I've almost been frustrated with creators this year and it's demotivated me because what I hear from pretty much every single one of our athletes that we work with on team Traniac and most people that I talk to personally that don't have any sort of persona to uphold is that motivation is low. Health is low. Fitness is low. Everyone's struggling with this. But meanwhile, I talk to other creators and specifically fitness creators and they're either like putting on this front of, Oh, go out and, and tackle your dreams and, work out at home and do bench presses with your ironing board. And then to me, they're like, this is really hard. Mm. I actually Mm -hmm. have no motivation. And that, that I have a real hard time with, because I'm like, you're telling your, your followers about having motivation, yet you don't have any, like that, Mm. that's not good. It's not everyone out there is struggling. It's not authentic. And everyone, a lot of people out there are struggling right now and they don't need to hear just go crush your goals and look at me, how good I am. I'm just Mm. pushing through it when you're actually not like I, Mm. so yeah, I do have some creators that I I have talked to, but I've just, I've found it hard this year because the, yeah, the whole vibe of, of not being authentic and in some cases being literally unhealthy, but you're, but putting out this persona of continuing to dig harder and do more work is like, I don't get it. I don't, and how yeah. has like how has it been received by your audience in terms of you being authentic and honest about your story? Uh, tremendously supportive. 
Um, there's always a crew. There's like, I call them the OG trainiacs, the people that have been around for years that are really supportive of authenticity. I'm sure. And I know just from the fact that our channel isn't growing as fast as it is when I'm putting out PBs that um, it's probably not hitting the right nerve to be sulking and gaining weight and talking about how hard things are. People want to see positivity. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, the most positive I can be right now is telling people what is honestly happening and, um, honestly happening and not trying to put a positive spin on it, but just let people know that it's okay to feel not okay. Mm -hmm. And that it's not always going to feel okay. This has got deep here. I know. Wow. You know, I, I, I think it's so, it really speaks to bigger questions about what the role of social media is. And there is this disconnect between the very superficial rah, rah, especially in sports side of things, you know, people posing with their six packs and look at me. And then on the flip side, there's the human connection part. And I think this is where I mean, I, I don't want to speak for it, but I think we all strive towards the, that authenticity because I, I know that when I've been, when I publicly am vulnerable, uh, you open yourself up to a lot of criticism and you get those people just hating on you, but then you create genuine connections with people who mm. are also like, I see you struggling and this resonates with me. And to me that those interactions are far more meaningful than, you know, if I just got likes for, you know, doing post bikini shots, I, I don't know. I feel like that would chip away at my soul a little bit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if, if I am, if I talk about a real subject that other people struggle with, like, you know, mental health, for example, that is feeding into a dialogue that on the whole is positive because it's, it's trying to normalize those things. And I, I just don't know that I would feel good about trying to normalize, you know, like having, you know, whatever abs (laughs) that just, it doesn't, or, you know, super edited Photoshop pictures where that just, it doesn't feel right to me. Um, So, yeah. But then again, you have to put up, you have to put up with the, the criticism um, and you just have to be, you know, strong enough to be okay with those people because they're there. They're trolls yeah. They're. I mean, I, I know, I don't, I know Sarah's gotten some trolls. I know you've gotten some trolls. <laughs> I certainly oh, yeah. have. It, I mean, people are just a bit nasty. And I think especially right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, this year is, this year has been a nasty year on social media. Some of the, those colleagues and other creators that I've talked to have, have the one thing that they've said that's honest is that this year has been particularly negative. Mm-hmm. Like things that they could put out before that weren't even vulnerable, that are just like innocuous, something that somebody can pick at. Mm-hmm. Everyone jumps on right now. I don't, I have no idea why that is. This has been, this has been the first time ever that I've stopped looking at comments on Instagram, basically, unless I know who you are, or it's something that I've specifically said, like, hey, can I get your input on on this? I don't look at comments anymore, because Instagram used to be really positive this year, it's got really nasty, nattery. It's like the, uh, we call them the, well, actually, those people, (laughs) no matter what you say, they want to be like, well, actually, that's not how it is. Wow. Yeah. I, I think I, I wonder if that isn't like a symptom of like exactly what, you know, exactly what we were just talking about. Like we're talking like people, when people start to struggle in the bigger picture, you've internalized, they've internalized some of those struggles a little bit. And then it's just coming out in these little ways where it's like being like being more mean on Instagram than they would have been last year, or just like, it's probably just like a symptom of the fact that like the world is struggling right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it is hard. Cause you, you have to step back and see these people with empathy. And there've been times where I'll, I'll directly engage and be like, Hey, what, what's going on? You know, like we love this sport. Is there room for this sort of thing? Like, I just want people to enjoy the sport. I don't, I don't get this. Where, where are you coming from person? And normally you find that 
it's exactly they were trying to make a joke that just ends up being cruel or they just think that you're never going to read it so it's okay or whatever the case may be but you do have to like employ that radical empathy to just be able to set step back and be like this is probably coming out of a place of pain mm-hmm. um you know just trying to search for some sort of control in their lives or whatever but yeah like let's just create positivity come on people <laughs> yeah yeah i wonder if it's if it's like sort of what you're saying is i know when people go through traumatic experiences in their life that it often manifests in bad things like mm. anorexia, bulimia, cutting, things like that, because that's something that people can control. Here I am turning into a, a psychiatrist and I don't know anything about this, but I wonder if because the world is so out of control right now and people are out of control of their schedules, it's same sort of thing, but on a smaller level, the thing that they can control and feel like they have power on is their opinion and they don't have any friends around because we're all isolated, so they can't voice their opinion, but mm. where can they voice it online? Mm. I wonder if that, that's kind of it. They feel like that's a thing they can tr- control. And when they see something they d- disagree with, what they can control is going and making a comment and feeling empowered, like they're the right person. And I wonder if it has to do with that. Um, or if it's just, there's a lot of angst out there and people got to get it out. Um, and unfortunately some people get it out in a bad way instead of going for a run or a ride. And yeah, I don't get it. Like this is, this is supposed to be a real good vibes kind of sport about people Mm. being better versions of themselves. And this year has not been that way. Mm. Well, I, I certainly don't have a solution, but I mean, it is, what is interesting is that you, you were, I think you just talked to it is that there is a certain degree of trauma going on right now. And like, there are, my understanding of the research is there, there are two paths for uh, when you internalize trauma, either it's going to create, you know, more ne- negativity, like which can, you know, manifest itself in self-harm or, or like maybe social media comments. I don't know about that side of things, but like there's that outward pain or in, it can create increased empathy. Like where, hmm. where trauma, I mean, that's pretty well documented where it's, it's like another switch happens in people's brains. Um, and it is really pretty fascinating to see how, because I do think there are a lot of people going through a lot of stuff right now. And it's just, you know, how, how they're processing it. Um, and hopefully most people end up on the, the side of empathy rather than, you know, <laughs> the opposite. Mm. Or yeah. even knowing that, Sarah, like, that's a great point. Like, even knowing that that's an option, like, mm. when you're, if you are, if someone is experiencing anxiety or trauma, like, to know, like, how am I going to parlay this experience into something that's good, um, or that's good for myself or for other people, then, um, then the opposite. Um, it's a great question to ask ourselves. Um, I have a question for Taryn about, um, some of your coping mechanisms. Like, do you have things that you're doing every day that you think are helping you right now? Uh, well, I'll go back to, to golf actually. So this summer, because work became very repetitive, didn't involve travel, didn't involve going and covering races or racing myself every day became about work and my work is online and online is it just became a nastier and nastier place to be um when my dad took me for that one day at the driving range i put my phone away and that one hour of putting my phone away being off of social media it was great it was felt liberating like a weight was taken off me like i was out of that cycle of go and check for comments go and see what was nasty or nice or what people said about a poll I put out and golfing has become, it was something that I loved as a kid. So it gives me that feeling of like childish joy again um, Mm -hmm. and having something that isn't related to work at all to work on and to obsess about, but it isn't business related or money related, which is kind of a relief. And when I was on the golf course for the half a dozen or so rounds that I was able to get in before winter hit, I put my phone away. And that was 
it, it was as good as a four hour massage and I loved it. And we've since built a golf simulator in our training studio and I'll go in there, put some tunes on and that's an hour that I go play and I'm not looking at social media. That is, has probably been one of the better things. I meditate every day. That's kind of just table stakes that I've done for about four or five years. Um, but more than anything, it's having conscious time that I'm trying to get away from my phone, which is really, really hard for me. Um, but that forced one hour a day that I've got seems to be about the best thing that I've figured out. Still very far from figuring it out though. I love the like childish joy. I love that. I think like- Oh, to- it's so, <laughs> like there are very few things in life that feel as fun when you're 40 as when you're four. Riding a bike is one of them. Hitting a good drive is another. Like it's just, it's fun. You giggle and oh, it's, it's great. That's yeah, that, where, like to bring this full circle, I liked to the beginning, that's where um, like dancing for me is in that category. And that's where like oh. TikTok starts to come in. Like I definitely like feel that joy of like just doing a stupid dance routine on TikTok. That's mountain biking for me. Yeah. Mountain biking? Yeah. Just that mm. I'll just catch myself giggling. And I don't know. There's, I think probably for all of us, just taking the pressure off and knowing you can make mistakes and it doesn't matter. Uh, there, there's nothing at stake. <laughs> like, you're not going to mess it's up free. an interval. Yeah. Yeah. You're, it's just for fun and you're going to screw up and you're going to get better. Um, but it's just liberating a little bit. Yeah. I know I'm never going to be a great mountain biker, but I know I can get better. And that part's fun. Mountain bikers are another breed. It's I get such a kick out of riding with good mountain bikers because I oh, know yeah. if we go, if we go on a ride on a road bike, I can either turn them inside out or at least keep up. Go with a mountain biker. It's like the first time I've ever been on a bike. And that's why it gets so silly because it's not about fitness or work or that A type I'm going to work harder and do better at it. It's like there's finesse, there's fun, there's luck. <laughs> yeah it's, it's neat i've i've definitely gotten my butt kicked by you know people who they've been riding for years uh it's it's like an extension of their body and it's so beautiful to watch them ride but i'm like oh i know i'm fitter than you this doesn't make sense <laughs> you gotta yeah, exactly but same with golfers you'll see these old fat dudes out there and you're like seriously seriously yeah <laughs> Yeah, I lost 10 bucks to my dad who is on the list for a knee replacement. Like he took 10 bucks off me on the weekend straight oh, up. I love it. Yeah. This is exactly why I started like after retiring from triathlon doing something that's technical, like hip hop dancing, right? Or like CrossFit. There's all these technical pieces because otherwise like I had just lost all of that. Like I could only do things in a like 3 years ago, I could only do things in a straight line. Like mountain biking's a nightmare. Um so yeah. <laughs> You could keep getting doing, better at technical stuff when you're in your forties, right? Speaking about straight line, this is completely off of, I think any track you might've thought this went on. I've been doing osteopathy lately. Mm. I've gone to two sessions and right from the very first session, she's like, you do a lot of things in a straight line, right? And I'm like, yes. How'd you know? It's like, you can't turn, like try turning your head. And I'm like, yeah, can't <laughs> or turn your shoulders. You can't. And then when I started going and getting some golf coaching, he's like, yeah, you can't move. You're like an 80 year old. Like all we're good at as triathletes is going in a straight line really fast. Ask us to move left a foot. We're done. I, I, I did some lateral box jumps uh, <laughs> the other day at the gym and I felt like a wobbly deer. Just, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I yeah that was it was a challenge it was I did not feel super athletic at that point I got better as I went along but it definitely reinforces we go in a straight line we don't do much laterally we gotta we gotta retrain that it's amazing I think like learning to play golf or relearning to play golf Jared is like put into perspective if you start from like I can't turn my head. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's a different yeah. starting point. Like, it's like, like, oh, wow. That like, like doing a whole game is a massive accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, clearing the hips is key. I can't move my hips. Literally. <laughs> oh, geez. Like, well, just try. I am trying. 
Like they haven't moved. Like this is what I'm telling you, people. <laughs> Okay, let's take our uh, last break. And after the break, we're going to do I Rock Because with Taryn. If We Were Riding is a live feisty media production. Sarah and I are truly and grossly thankful for our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Form Swim, and Orca Sportswear. Join the conversation by following us on all the socials at If We Were Riding on Instagram and Facebook, or send me a voice memo to Sarah with no H at livefeisty.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Remember that time we were ranked like number 206 best sports podcast in the Czech Republic? Yeah, that was thanks to you. So leave us a review. We can't wait to ride with you next week. Hey, Sarah, I have a riddle for you. What's refreshing, great, any time of day, and super awesome? Oh my gosh, is it the If We Were Riding podcast? Oh no, wait, by the look on your face, it's not. It's it's noon. It's noon, isn't it? Ding, ding, ding! You got the answer! Woo! Okay, friends, seriously, Noon Hydration has been a sponsor of Live Feisty and this very podcast for a couple of years. They are amazing. They are supportive. And we all get 30% off with the new code, note the new code, Live Feisty um, at noonlife.com. So use the code Live Feisty, E before I, at noonlife.com. Okay, Sarah, do you want to go first? Want to tell oh, us why you rock? Please, I have to go. No, I need I need a minute to think about it, and I didn't so, want to put Taryn on the spot, so it's you. <laughs> uh, when we've had guests, I normally just cue myself up for a an I rock because because I get a guest on. But I've done that before, so I'm going to break from the trend, and I'm going to say I rock because uh, I turned in the rough draft to my 20 page paper, and I feel pretty good about it. Oh, I bet you're going to mm. knock it out of the park, Sarah. There, there's a lot of revision that needs to be done, but there's just something nice about starting from somewhere. And I, I have, you know, my 20 pages, it's a start and I'm only going to get better from there. You were a high achiever at school, weren't you? Like you, like you excelled. Ah, so I did well, (laughs) no, but I was lazy. I, Hmm. I definitely was one of those growing up as a fixed mindset uh, kind of people where I just assumed you were good at something or you're bad something and that you didn't really have to work that hard. Uh, so when I hit subjects that I wasn't naturally at a, as adept at, I just assumed I wasn't great at, you know, I was okay at physics, but I was, I'm just naturally not great at physics. So why even try? So I ended up with good grades needed to learn how to work harder. But now that I'm old, I'm figuring that out. <laughs> How about you two? Why do you rock? Oh, she's Sorry. pointing to me. Okay. I rock because I have on clean sweatpants right now. Ooh. Um, a month ago, <laughs> after about three months in the same sweatpants that I bought at the very start of lockdown, I'm like, wow, these sweatpants aren't very nice sweatpants anymore. So we went out and got two pairs of designer sweatpants about a month ago. Designer sweatpants. Well, American Eagle, like basically just not, (laughs) not sweatpants. So they've got, they've got pockets. They are tapered. They have an ankle cuff. Mm -hmm. And then we sat, mm -hmm, sat around a fire over the weekend and then they smelled like fire. So I washed them yesterday and they smell (laughs) terrific. So there are different levels of, covid sweatpants there's like your basic sweatpants there's the comfy sweatpants there's the designer sweatpants and there's designer washed sweatpants that's what i'm in today <laughs> like this is the epitome feet. of lockdown fashion couture mm-hmm. oh i'm so with you on that like i actually had i had two pairs of like kind of like those cargo type track pants things again like they're tapered Ooh. at the bottom that like yeah. kind of come mid-calf do you know the ones i'm talking about with pockets mm-hmm. like, like capris big fan and they're like, yeah, and they're kind of baggy and they're so comfortable. And I had two pairs before COVID. And now I have like, and now I have like six pairs and I, I barely wear jeans anymore. So like, I'm feeling <laughs> you on the sweatpants. The so I rock because of that. 
and apparently you do too. Hmm. Do I, am I off the hook now? <laughs> <laughs> no. You, you rock because you tripled the number of your sweatpants? Yeah. <laughs> sure, well, why not? If Taryn can rock because he washed his sweatpants. Hey, <laughs> I mean, like I can rock because I own sweatpants. As somebody who's currently wearing crusty sweatpants, uh, I feel like you're trying to say. Oh, something. you're like. <laughs> She's on level one sweatpants. Yeah, totally. like Sarah. Yeah. yeah like... <laughs> Mystery crud. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right. So then is that your I rock because you're calling well, me? I also, I was going to say that I took three days off um, mm. for the first time in like months and months, like three nice. complete days without work. Well, nice. maybe I did half an hour of work, but like really three days Still. off. So I was quite proud of myself for that. Mm. Oh, That's pretty nice. big. Mm-hmm. It's nice a big deal for me for where I'm at right now for like, you know, just how stressed I feel about getting shit done. So Yeah. Well- mm. I hate to say that you are not off the hook next week. Uh, you still have to tune in and speak with me. Right, Sarah? Yep. Because we don't want me carrying the show the entire time. Uh, but thank you so much, Sharon, for hanging out with us today, for chit-chatting. And any, anything you want to, any projects coming up that you want to plug with our listeners? Um projects we've got coming we have a really big new brand so if people are listening to this in like six months from now um there's going to be motive.com like what's your reason for doing things or it's going to be mymotive.com but kind of actually making this hobby business a little bit more of an official business so by the time people listen to this they might hear um triathlon taren and out in the world it'll be equally as easy to find motive instead of just triathlon Taryn. So it's less about me and then yeah. more about the community of people is kind of where we're going. Cause I'm just one person and there's thousands and thousands of really good people out there doing great things. All right. Well, I love that. That is great. Yeah. I'm thank, excited. Yeah. Thank, thank you for uh, tuning into another week of, of if we were writing and everybody keep motivated or just keep, keep motive, whatever you want to, whatever you want to <laughs> say. All right. Thanks everyone. Thanks. My time. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.